We're rolling. What's up? It's Sammy, the Spanish guy, Gavar, and new TNT champion. And you, yes, you, right now, are listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. Bob Culture Podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to a very special Messiah of Old School edition of the BCP. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show by now a first ballot BCP Hall of Famer. You know him as a former WrestlePro Silver Champion. You know him as the current ISPW Tri-State Champion. He is now the current reigning and defending for a very long time now standalone wrestling heavyweight champion our good friend the messiah of old school mr sean donovan mr donovan welcome in man how are you uh thank you very much another one of these podcast journalists there it is there it is i was waiting for it he loves those <laughs> podcast journalists but we do appreciate you making the time i know i probably missed a bunch of titles you've done some tag stuff just a long career but right now man we saw you i think it was last month winning that ispw tri-state championship um, over Nikos Rikos, man, what a match that was. And a little bit of a different Sean Donovan we're seeing over there. Tommy doing some great stuff. What was that moment like for you winning that gold? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, wish we uh, wish we had a little bit longer of a time to tell a little more dramatic story. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, it was an enjoyable moment. Uh, anytime a, a company puts one of their main, you know, figure pieces, a, a championship, if you want to call it, on somebody, you know, it's a respect factor. I mean, we all know what we're doing is entertainment, but you know, when somebody puts that on you, you know, they're 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 trusting in you to represent their organization and do the best you can to represent it. And I plan on representing it for as long as I possibly can. Yeah, you do a really good job. It was great working with you backstage. Uh, shout to Tommy guys, ISPW coming up uh, this Friday. Uh, they got some good stuff coming up. I think was it Nutley Butler? There's so much wrestling. I'll, I'll check Perdua. it out. There it is. Shameless promo. Perdua. That that's what it is. I dude, there's so much okay, journalists not doing their job properly. You know what? I'm not gonna. It's I'm not gonna be there. It's it's dad. Happy birthday, dad's dad. Seventieth, so I won't be at that one. Hey, but, totally uh, understand that. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point in life, family's got to come first. Yeah, absolutely. That's my motto: family first, man. And uh, you know, I appreciate that. But obviously. I, I mentioned earlier Still trying I, to figure that part out. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, sooner <laughs> sooner than later. But um, we talk about you and ISPW, man, and it's a little bit mostly I've seen you as a heel. Like we came up with that always a heel phrase the night we did the basketball draft, and Nunez is up there. He wanted to be here. He couldn't be here tonight. Uh, he was flipping the coin, and you're oh, does this guy even know how to count? Does he know heads and tails? You're poking fun at him. And uh, it was a great interaction for basketball. And Nunes is like, this guy is always a heel. But at ISPW, it it's a little bit different, I feel. It's not the same Sean Donovan that, that we always see. And on the Indies, obviously, pulling back the curtain, you have to be a little bit more versatile, man. Do you kind of feel that way uh, when you're working at ISPW? Yeah, it's a, it's a different vibe. Um, you know, it's still me being me, just yeah. trying something different. Um, for whatever reason, the fans of... Don't know why the fans have taken to me, but I'm still me just being me. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, we have to be versatile as performers. So you have to be able to flip the switch and go in a different direction, which is something 
uh, I feel is very lost in our in our industry today, where you really don't see a lot of if you I don't know if you want to call it heels or faces. It's a very gray area. Um, and to me, pro wrestling was always built on good versus evil. And I think for an individual to be a really good performer, you've got to know how to do both. And I feel like today's environment, it's not a whole lot of that going on. It's a lot of, hey, watch me do all this cool shit and cheer for me. Gotcha. In reality, that's pretty cool. But I've always said when fans are chanting, this is awesome or this is wrestling, they're not into the characters. They're into the bullshit that's going on in the ring. Oh. Um, and I mean that by the moves. To right, me, right. You're, not, you're not invested in the performer because if you're invested in the performer, you'd be chanting that performer's name. Um, and, and, you know, there may be some that agree with me. There are probably a lot that disagree with me, and that's okay. The great thing about our sport and our business is that we're all allowed to have different opinions. But ask anybody that's got any credence in this sport, they will tell you the same exact thing. I don't aim for people chanting, this is wrestling or this is awesome. If my job is to be a villain, I want you cheering for that good guy to whip my ass. Yeah. If I'm in that versatile role, I want you to cheer for me. But if you still cheer for that person, that's totally okay, too. I, I, I love that, man. I'm glad you're here because I want to pick your brain about so many things. Um, and you talk, I, I think you like being the heel. You're so good at it. But I have seen you get under people's skin to the point, like, you know, within reason, of course, um, to the point where like one guy almost jumped into uh, the ring at Titan. It was an outdoor show. He took off his shirt. I'm like, I don't think this is part of the show. Um, I remember that. And you, you were just like, come on. Like, that was great, man. You're doing your job. <laughs> I've, I've always said, if you can, if you can really get people riled up to the point where they want to get in the ring and fight you, uh, you are doing your job again. If you want to call it that proverbial heel, you're, you're doing your job and that's, you know, I'm, I'm not paid by the hour. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm paid to do a job. And, and if that's my role for the evening, I'm going to give you 110%. But at the same token, again, it's just me being me. Yeah. And fans, if you're listening, obviously don't get in the rain. Don't go near the performers. Um, that being said, Sean, I've been doing a great job getting under people's skin, doing what he's paid to do. But something that I thought was really great. We were at WrestlePro. It was either last month or the month before. Again, so much wrestling. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. But you had the rumble at WrestlePro and you had kind of like the outside the ring running around the building. I saw after the show, you guys post some clips. Shout to GoPro. They do an ama amazing job. The gold standard that uh, they put the pro in professional wrestling. Shameless promo. Mm -hmm. But you did such a great job with CPA running around. It came full circle. CPA making it uh, to the end with, with Vargas, who loves to beat me up. Um, that was so cool, man. I know you're the Messiah old school. I kind of like to see the direction goes. Um you know, the business is evolving and stuff. Do you enjoy kind of doing that different kind of stuff, man? Because that looked really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've always believed that you you maximize your minutes when you're given them. Um, you know, as far as the on the event that night, I only had a short window. That's OK. I'm going to make the most of that short window of what you give me. I'm also my own promoter, so I'm going to promote what I'm doing and I'm going to create my own content that's going to continue to get my persona over. Um, I think that's one thing, again, that performers need to do. And I can tell you this from experience, especially when it comes to rumbles. There are guys that get boo-boo faced when they see they're only in a rumble for five minutes or three minutes. Uh, yeah. You're, you're there to do a job. Not everybody can go in there and be the Rick Martell and go 60 minutes in there or be the Ric Flair and go 60 minutes in a rumble. Um, you maximize your minutes. 
And, you know, it, it is a continuing story with CPA. And again, you have to be creative and versatile and think outside the box. You're not just a pro wrestler. You're a performer. So you give the fans entertainment as well as you give them a little bit of the wrestling involved as well. I love that. Really well said. And that's why I'm glad you're here. This is the question I wanted to ask you the most, because obviously, again, the Messiah of old school, I feel a lot of guys, um, you know, like especially like when I was doing the 80s wrestling con and stuff like that, working with a lot of the talent. The number one thing that I think really bothered them was they all said the same thing. Like everyone believed everything. Like if you went out to dinner, people thought you were that guy. You know, now we live in this reality era, this social media era. A lot of guys are set in their ways. I kind of see this new class of people coming up that are kind of changing the business here on the indies of uh, the Shane Fairs of the world, um, Alex and HCW Network, Johnny Moran. Um, it's a little bit more fourth wall breaking. It's a little bit more tongue in cheek. Um, we live in this reality era. It kind of toes that line. Your kind of thoughts on all that. Do you do you feel it should be more just like the way it was just like don't reveal the behind the curtain stuff? Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, a little bit. But at the same token, you have to go in the direction of where everything is changing, right? Everything yeah. is going to evolve at a certain point. I think there's a way to still keep it, if you want to call it what I say, there's a way to keep it old school, but introduce some of that new new school stuff as well. The behind the curtain stuff, if it's done correctly, then it's going to matter and it's going to make sense. But if people are doing behind the curtain senseless shit, um, yeah, it, it's fair. not going to matter. Yeah. It's got to be creative enough that people are going to understand it. Again, what happens a lot of times with the fourth wall type of stuff is that you're playing to a very niche crowd yeah. and you're, you're playing to the hardcore fan. We yeah. all know the hardcore fans are still going to come to the events. They're going to bring their title belts. They're going to wear their shirts. They're going to buy the merch. They're always going to be there. But what are you doing to grab the casual fans imagination? The casual fan may not understand the tongue in cheek behind the curtain type things. And I'm Great not point. saying there's Great nothing point. wrong with that. There, you, You've got to have a little bit of both because you still want to keep those hardcore fans coming. But what are you also doing creatively to get that casual fan in the door? Um, it's no different than trying to draw fans into a building, not just watching your content online. You know, at the end of the day, like you said, if your, your building fits 200 people, and you know you can fit 75 fans in there that are hardcore fans. They're going to be there regardless. Every show, if your main event is a mop versus a bucket, they're still going to be there. Yeah. yeah. But what are you doing to draw that additional 125 people that can fit in that building? And that's a big problem that goes along in independent wrestling today. Um, you've got to play to that casual fan as well as the hardcore fan. Now you're going to have your other niche promotions that are going to fill out your buildings like a PWG, uh, or a beyond wrestling for that matter, yeah. or limitless wrestling where they have a certain niche crowd and it fills out their buildings. Yeah. But if I'm a promoter in a, in a town and I'm just starting out and I'm only playing to the hardcore wrestling fans, I'm losing money. I've got to be able to turn those casual fans into hardcore fans. So what am I doing as well? And what you've got to do is you've got to spoon feed them baby material, baby food, something that's easily digestible, good versus evil. And then once you've built that product, then you can start giving them, giving them a little bit more of that, that fourth wall piece. You can give them a little bit more of that behind the curtain type thing. Um, so that's just kind of my take on it again. Some people may agree with me. Some people may not. 
But again, uh, anything I'm saying, a lot of it comes from experience that I was given from those that came before me um, that have been somewhere in the sport. Um, and it's taken me some time to kind of sit there and digest their information myself. And the light bulb finally goes off in my head when it happens. Um, that's just kind of, you know, the lay of the land on that. <laughs> no, Sorry, that's a, a little long winded. No, I, I, I'm glad that I told you that was the question I want to ask you most. Uh, Cause like a lot of guys I, I feel, and again, I'm, I just finished my rookie year, like behind, behind the curtain. So I'm just learning, learning, learning. Um, but but if, I, if there's one yeah. thing I will throw out there, please, you, you said it is Shane fair. You know, he's also doing a great job of changing the game from an announcing perspective. You know, you look at back in the day, like a Howard Finkel always wore the same black tuxedo. You know, Shane Fair's mixing it up. He's doing something different. The white gloves, the, the smoking jacket, the hair. Um, you've got a lot of announcers that are doing some really great things. I look at MLJ doing stuff with GCW. The only guy to me that can get away with wearing chalk yeah. line you know, material, yeah. <laughs> backwards hat. Yeah. Um, and he's got the crowd wrapped around his finger. So yeah. that's a, something I look at Shane Fair doing something old school versus new school. And the same thing with MLJ. He's doing something that's very new school, very niche, very different um, and playing to an audience. You know, he's bringing in a lot of outside factors. He did something with GCW with a battle rap. Um, so you're bringing in a new audience. So when you look at something like that, you're, you may be bringing in hardcore fans of battle rap. that are casual wrestling fans. And now you can turn them into, into wrestling fans and hardcore fans as well. So there's a lot of different guys that are just changing that game too, just even from an announcing perspective. That's I, I love that I asked that question. I love your answer. It wasn't just like one way or the other, like you cover all ground. Like, you know, there's there's fans that that think they know everything and with all due respect or, or or a little bit more behind the curtain or whatever it is. And then you at the same time, it's back to basics, man. I love the way that you said that. That was a great answer. And you were the person I want to ask that most. Obviously, Shane doing amazing things for the business. It's a, he's leaving that business better than he found it. I'll tell you that. Uh, right 100%. now. Oh, absolutely. You you look at it, obviously, from a business perspective. I can tell by all your answers. Have you ever thought hypothetically doing the promoter thing, running something? Has that ever gone through your mind? <laughs> well, to answer the first part, I do look at it from a business perspective, but I'm always a fan first at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, there's, there's times where I enjoy just being able to sit down after a match and just watching matches as a fan. WrestlePro this past, you know, weekend after my event it was nice to be able to sit down and watch the rest of the card as a fan and just say i could take a breath and just say wow okay this is fun this match was great you know being able to sit down and watch you know one of my friends and kevin matthews you know work jay lethal and wow, yeah. match of the night in my opinion and it was just great to watch that match as a fan um because they they brought out a great story and they told a lot um so it's great to be able to have that too we're all fans of this business first if we weren't, we would have never gotten into what we do. Um, and I think sometimes that gets lost among among some of, some of the boys, too, is that you're a fan first. Um, as far as wanting to do the promoter thing, sorry, I have a very needy French bulldog. We love dog. <laughs> if you want to bring in the dog, we love the dog cameos, by all means. <laughs> if he makes his way in, he'll make okay. a cameo. But uh, yeah, I have thought about going the promoter route really? eventually when my days are done. I have thought about you know, um, I mean, I do a lot of coaching now as it is. Um, so I really love that aspect. And maybe one day I'll open my own, my own training center slash promotion. Who really? knows? Wow. Um, yeah, there's, I, I love, absolutely love coaching. I was very fortunate to be given the knowledge very early on. That was great knowledge that was given to me. 
um, where a lot of performers may not have gotten the same amount of knowledge that I've gotten from the very beginning. So it's only fitting that, you know, we keep this business going by giving it back. And that's something I really enjoy doing. I love giving feedback to young performers, those that ask me to watch their matches, whether it's live at the show or they'll send me their match. I'll always watch. I'll always critique it. I'll never shit on it. I will yeah. always say what was done right. I'll always say what was done wrong. And I'll always give feedback on what could have been done better um, to try and open up their minds a little bit more and say, okay, there's more than one way to do it. You can do it this way. You can do it that way. Ultimately, you pick whatever flavor works for you. But uh, I really love and enjoy the coaching aspect and really kind of being able to see some of these guys blossom, uh, you know, with WrestlePro and a few other places. And uh, But again, as far as the promoter aspect, definitely something that's been in my wheelhouse for a long time. Okay, It's very hard to be a promoter. It can get pretty costly to be a promoter, but uh, who knows? Maybe eventually I will at least run one show at some point someday and really? uh, see where it goes. Yeah. Interesting. That's I got to cross all the boxes off in this sport. Yeah. So um, you're more than welcome to spend a few bucks and sponsor it if you want. There it is. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Man. No, I you'll bet get, you already you'll, have you'll a, get a free ticket. There, I'm done. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. I have a whole, I have a whole notebook, and this actually goes back to WrestleCon a number of years ago in Florida. Yeah. Uh, that WrestlePro did a show at. And we're all on a flight back, and I just had an idea, and I just literally for the entire two-hour flight back, I had a notebook, and I just started writing all these ideas down, all these names down, all these venues down, names. I have like a whole name and everything. So nice. If it ever comes to fruition, that notebook will come out one day and maybe it'll get turned into an LLC. And, uh, you know, I'll run something at some point. You never know. I'm here for it. I'm glad I asked that, man. That's that's good to hear. You heard it here first, people. Um, you talk about loving being a coach. Uh, obviously, spent a lot of time creative pro, wrestle pro, a lot of lot of just stellar con content and people coming out of there. Um, we see on wrestling uh, over on Barstool Sports, a lot of the creative pro guys on there. Uh, Leo Sparrow's just doing some great stuff in terms of just business wise Absolutely. and getting his name out there. Uh, we still see a lot of that creative pro talent, obviously every week on AEW. Is there anyone that you're working with right now? And you don't have to name names because I know you're a coach, but is there anyone that you see right now that you're like, oh, they got it? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, when you look at from creative pro New York, and again, I'm not necessarily involved in their school as a whole creative pro is one giant family. Right, right. Um, but when you look at that, you know, you look at a Leo Sparrow that's getting his name out there and he's doing some tremendous things. You know, when you look at the, the Creative Pro New Jersey Wrestle Pro side, you have a couple of guys that are really starting to come into their own. You have a Skylar McVean, you have uh, GKM, you have yeah. uh, what I think is a really clever name for a tag team, you know, the Rat Bastards. You know, those are four names that come to mind that are they're really starting to, to really find their way um, in our sport. And they're, and they're consistently training and they're earning spots on events, which is how it's supposed to go. They're not taking the shortcuts. They're showing up at training. They're going through training. You know, they're working on different things and, and they're getting their names out there by traveling and going places. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of great talent. Is there anyone I mean, not to I'm trying not to ask the cliche questions here, but is there? you've been doing it for a while. Um, usually, let's let's be real. A lot of times um, when there's names on a show, you get to work them, which is pretty cool. You're you're the guy they go to, which is awesome. Is there anyone um, on the indie level right now that maybe you just have never had a chance to work with or you guys have just shared the locker room time and time again. Uh, and I know you fought a lot of your mentors and I know that you've fought a lot of your, you know, people that you train and stuff like that. Is there anyone that you haven't faced off with that? You're just like, 
man, I would love to, to face off with. Yeah, it's funny. There's so many names that are still out there of guys that I've crossed paths with, paths with, uh, paths with yeah. in locker rooms I'd never worked before. Guys like uh, good friends with Mike Law would love to get in the ring and work with somebody like him. He's been doing this, you know, about as long as I have. Um, you've got some younger guys. I've never wrestled uh, Anthony Green before, except in a singles, Ooh. only very early on in his career in a tag match. So would love to be able to get in the ring and mix it up with him. Um, you know, you have some other guys that are out there um, that I absolutely just love getting in the ring with, like LSG. It's just it's a natural fit working with him. Um, but there's just so many names to to mention. I mean, honestly, we came from the same school and he's doing his thing with New Japan. But Fred Rosser and I have never had a singles match before. Really? Uh, and I would love to get in the ring and mix up with his style if his contract allows that. Maybe one day down the road, we'll, you know, we'll be able to get in there and we'll be able to mix it up. But there's just so many names out there. I just love being able to get on events with anybody and create no matter what the experience level is, no matter what the size, the agility. You know, there's always a story that we can tell in there uh, and greatly looking forward to it. And I just had the pleasure of working with TJ Marconi a couple of months back Ooh. and he and I have never worked with one and one another before and really a different style and a pleasure to be in the ring with somebody, you know, of his size that that's agile like him. So, uh, always really ready and willing to get in with anybody that's been doing his 10, 15, 20 years to guy that guys that have been doing it five or six months. It's a challenge to go in there and just create something for the fans and if you're working with somebody that's very inexperienced, it's your credit as a veteran of what you can do to make that that rookie look like they've been doing this for a long time and having them keep up with you. That's a, you know, that's a great point. A, yeah. And there's a couple of that are around, too. You know, guys that I've worked with already. There's a young kid out of the New Jersey area by the name of Joe Cruel, who I had the pleasure of working with who's coming into his own a little bit as well. So there's there's a plethora of young talent that's out there. Um, a, they need the platform B, they need to strive and get to that platform themselves. Cause nobody's going to do it for them. Um, but that's the one thing I do see about social media. Now that's a great thing. Guys that are doing it right with their social media and guys that are getting their names out there and they're putting content out there and they're getting themselves over, not just with highlight reels, but with vignettes. And, you know, like I mentioned, Anthony green throws out some really incredible looking vignettes. Um, so there's a lot of talent out there that I absolutely would love to, mix it up and work with. I've got, I've got a ton of miles on this frame, but there's still a lot more miles left to go. Absolutely. You're still killing it. And speaking of like vignettes and promos, you have one of my favorites of all time. The one where you're walking down the street and you're just hating yeah. on uh, the kick pads and the, the like ever the flips. That's one of the best. I think GoPro did that as well. So uh, check that out. Yeah. There's, there's still a few more, there's still a few more uh, parts being edited that are in the can. So okay. um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to be able to be uh, creative and challenging and to do something different. I mean, uh, never knew that when I threw the first one out there, that it would get over 20,000 views and kind of, kind of go viral a little bit, wow. which is always cool to see, um, and get a lot of feedback from, you know, performers that are out there that, that are on a main stage platform that will just message you and just say, Hey man, I really dig your, dig your vibe. I dig your stuff. And next thing you know, you're having 10, 15, 20 minute conversations with them, just, you know, kind of feedback about agreeing on the same things or just having creative conversations about, you know, philosophies and things of that nature. And that's, again, one of the things that makes our sport so unique is that there's not one right or wrong way to do things. There's yes. a creative way to do everything. 
Um, as long as the fans react and it makes sense and it looks legit, so many different ways you can do it. Love that, man. And I have so much, just you hearing you talk, I have so many questions for you, man. I won't take too much of your time, um, but Throw it out there. Uh, I love it, man. Um, I got to do some backstage interviews with you uh, over at ISPW. One take Sean Donovan, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, taking on LSG, shameless promo. Yeah. Now, obviously, you beat Nikos Rico, someone who you're no stranger to. Uh, and I right. think last time I talked to you, you were actually feuding with LSG over at WrestlePro, if I'm correct. Uh, your thoughts going into that one Friday night at ISPW. Tickets are still available. Yeah, the uh, the rivalry that never ends and never probably will end. Uh, there is just a there is a chemistry between between the both of us that's just undeniable. As far as when we get in the ring, there's aggression, there's intensity, there's emotion. There's two guys that quote unquote, and again, this is not me being cocky. Two guys that get it, and two guys that get what we're trying to get out of it. You know, we're not looking for the coolest moves. We're looking for that storytelling. We're looking for those moments, um, the moments that grab at a fan's heartstring. That to me is what will last longer in a fan's mind when they leave the building versus any move that was done to somebody. Because when you can tug on a fan's heartstrings and their emotions, they're going to remember that character. They're not necessarily going to remember the move because you know what? If you saw a really cool looking super kick in match one, and then you saw another cool looking super kick in match five, you already forgot about the one that was done in match one. But if nobody, in, unless one match was able to move you emotionally, you're going to remember that individual by the time you leave that building and go home, whether you're an adult fan or whether you're a child, if you can grab on somebody's emotional level or interact with them on such an emotional level, that they remember you. That's what we're there to do. Love and it. with LSG, it's no different. Um, you know, like I said, he and I have waged some pretty, some pretty hardcore battles with one another over in Alaska, here in Jersey, and we're just going to continue, continue another chapter with it. Love, uh, love that. Um, do you ever take on Darius Carter? Do you ever face Darius? No, and you know what? That's a great one. That is a that is a, a very high ranking number in my book of guys that I want to get in the ring with yeah. just to see who can piss off a crowd. More. Right. I, right. I feel like that's much. Someone book it. You guys are listening, Book someone book this, please. Oh man. Yeah, some, some places should book it, but uh, they're a little light in the wallet. Unfortunately. Oh, there so. is <laughs> no comment. Um, I did. Hey, it's, ask it's all part of the business. Here's the, at the end of the day, right? What we yeah. do is a business and guys deserve to be paid what they are owed versus what yes. they know they're going to, if they're going to put asses in seats again, yes. I'm not, not being cocky. You put me and Darius Carter in a match together. We're going to sell some tickets, That's not awesome. just with the promos, but the in-ring guaranteed. Chef's um, kiss. But, Chef's you know, kiss. Oh. So we'll, we'll see it. what happens down the line. We'll see what happens. You never know. Somebody eventually will be smart enough to book it. Oh, that's money. That is money. I'm, I'm salivating over here. That would be amazing. Uh, you mentioned TJ Marconi earlier, and he's yeah. a guy that I have actually never, just never been at the same place at the same time. He's a guy I, I know, obviously, through social media, and his name comes up all the time here. People come on, they call him out. Um, the whole Thanos thing, collecting the Infinity Stones, aka the title belts, everywhere he goes. Uh, we've seen the Vicious One, Queen Midas collecting the belts everywhere. Darius collecting the belts everywhere. Your thoughts on kind of like the whole belt collector thing on the Indies? I know some people are about it. Um, you obviously no stranger to holding the championships. We always say uh, it's right. the person that makes the championship, not the other way around. Your thoughts on right. kind of like the whole because everyone always brings this up um, and not just 
in particular to TJ Marconi, but just overall the whole belt collector thing. It can be kind of cool, but at a certain point, like when does it become too much? Like we all know what we're doing is a work. Um, but again, TJ Marconi has done a great job of using his persona as character to make that belt collector piece a part of the character, not to where all people say, oh, TJ Marconi is the guy with nine belts. No, hey, this is TJ Marconi. Uh, this is the guy who calls himself the Thanos of the Northeast, and he's going around taking everybody's titles. People are remembering the character first before the belts. If they're just remembering you first as the guy with nine belts, then what, what else are they believing in? Um, as far as how that goes, I mean, there's, again, there's, there's something for everybody out there. Um, the downside of having that many championships, you got to be readily and available to defend those titles at every promotions event. And when you have too many, you may spread yourself a little too thin and you may not be at the physical level and the capable level that you should be at from a, from a health perspective to give every single one of those championship matches, the, the, uh, uh the fortitude that it needs yeah very well said as as we've seen yeah I, I think you hit that right on the head man um and i've seen guys like uh like ray kalitri he has the ecpw light heavyweight championship he took it to mexico he took it to egypt he carries it everywhere and the and the kids all over the world you know they're just like oh you're you're a wrestling champion and like it's really cool to see man um and i love to see people make that That's title yeah yeah, and, that, and that's something that should be done. If you're able right. to travel and go to different countries or go to different areas and you can, you know, at the promoter's, you know, discretion, right, right. you know, get that permission and you, you can show that title off, okay, you're making that championship special and you're basically making it a world title, not the promotions that call their championships a world title, but is never defended outside of its own state, let alone its own country. Um, that's fair point. Know, that's where, again, things have to make sense. So, you know, kudos to Ray Kalitri for, for doing like that because you're making that championship special. Hey, if I could get on a plane tomorrow and go to Europe, I'd bring the standalone and the, and the tri-state title with me and, you know, yeah, see where it goes. Hey, you know, yeah. especially if I'm being booked over in the UK, then yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're making those championships special. And Darius Carter did that. I believe when he went to, to Europe a number of years ago where he was making the championships that he had special. And that's all a part of representing a company and building a brand. Love that. Very well said. And you get that again, I can tell you, you have a very business uh, savvy mind. That's so cool to hear, man. Um, last time we talked to you, you mentioned being like a, a man of culture, a historian, um, you know, you like to get dressed up, go out. I, I need to see some more hashtag wrestling fashion for, from you, man. Cause I hear you like to get dressed up and go out, man. I think we have a future winner here. Just saying it, where do you want to go, man? Cause you said you were like a historian, like, is it like the Louvre? Is it like, um, like oh. Egypt? Like what's, what's the spot you really want to go? Man, there's, there, there's a few, I mean, I've been to the Louvre already, but I think really? I was there for about seven hours. I barely scratched the surface for how big it is, but yeah. Uh, I think the next step for me is definitely needing to get to Greece. I haven't been there yet. There's a lot of culture and history there. Uh, eventually would love to be able to get to Egypt. I need to see the pyramids. I need to feel that, that vibe. I want to ride on a camelback in the desert and just, you know, uh, just soak in all, all of that knowledge. I, um, I said, I love history. I love where we come from. I think we need to, our society needs to, uh, get in more in tune with that. Uh, as opposed to the bullshit that's going on today where everybody's whining and crying and complaining. Uh, let, let's, let's get into the history books. Let's learn some history and let's, let's all just come together. You saw the Mona Lisa and all that. 
Oh yeah. hundred percent. Amazing. Dude, that's, that's awesome to hear um, that you got to do that, man. Really, really cool. And also last time we talked, I did my homework. Um, you always said that you gravitated more towards the bad guys. I found that very interesting. I mean, obviously seeing you now, it makes sense, but why as a kid or growing up watching, why the bad guys? I think for me, it was, it kind of comes from originally how I found to love wrestling was watching with my grandfather. And I remember the first time I I watched it with him. And I think what what gravitated to me was the heel, was the villain, the way he was, I don't want to say he was prancing around the ring, but the way he was showcasing himself and the way the crowd was just hating all over him. And I think that bled into me as a young kid because uh, I was bullied a lot. Really? Yes. Uh, So being bullied a lot as a kid, always wanted to be in that reverse role to feel what it's like to kind of give that back. Wow. That person. Um, and unfortunately I think I did years later when I, when I kind of, you know, had enough and, you know, it's like what happens when you back a, a dog into a corner, right? Eventually yeah. they're going to bite. Sure. Um, and as bad as I felt for the things that, you know, that I, I, you know, did when I got into fights, it, it kind of just made me that villain, but it's like, I had this interesting aura and power over myself that like, now I'm in control and you can't hurt me. And it's like, if I make a move towards you, oh, and you're scared of me, it's like, at the time you think it's kind of cool. When you look back on now, it's not the right way to act or the right way to be. So I'm not advocating, you know, violence on, on anybody. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think that's just why I gravitated more. And I think, you know, gravitating more of, to more of the villains is because they were the ones that were always in control. The guys that I grew up watching, the Arn Andersons, the Rick Rudes, the Jake Roberts as a villain, they were always in control. Um, and each of them just had that cool factor in their own way to them um, of why they were so cool to me. And I think that's why I gravitated more towards the villains because of just the way that they were able to make somebody feel in a different light. That's that's super interesting. I didn't I didn't know that, man. And uh it's interesting. not many people would. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's crazy. Um, you know, obviously very, very serious topic there. But um, we had Angel or Senior on the show, ECW, and um, mm-hmm. she said something very interesting, man. And another one I wanted to ask you. She said, um, as a heel, ultimately in the long run, at the end of the day, it's not going to be out about you because at the end of the day, you're going to be putting over the baby face at some point in time. I, I thought that was very interesting because especially in this climate, like we have like the Adam Coles of the world, like all these heels that are, right. are very popular, man. It's, it's interesting to see, man. I just was kind of wondering your thoughts on, on her comment. I thought that was a very interesting take. I think, you know, I think as a heel there, the heels play a very vital role. Yeah. You know, the ultimately the, the, the heels role is to want, the fan to buy the ticket to come watch the baby face beat their ass. You've got to build it to that point. And that's where both sides have to do their job very well. And I think if you can continue doing your job, even at the end of that blow off, when the baby face finally gets that, that comeuppance, if the heel knows how to keep their heat, they can keep going because what's the one thing that a heel always does. The heel always finds a way out. The heel always finds a different story to tell and the heel will always find a way to tell you how it wasn't their fault that they lost. So if the heels are creative and they know how to keep their heat, you can keep it going for as long as you want against anybody. 
Yeah, that's very well said and very interesting. Yeah, it's it's always changing, like you said, man. And I, I like the way you're answering these questions. Um, I did want to pick your brain about this, man. And, and personal advice, hit me with it, man, because I know if anyone's going to be a straight shooter, it's going to be you. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. very new in the business. Uh, I've got you know my, my feet wet on commentary. That's coming along. But I've just now started doing the backstage interviewing. Uh, taking over for Sam Laterna, who is the gold standard all over IWTV. She's climbing the proverbial ladder. Uh, so tough shoes to fill over at Pro Wrestling Magic. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Doing some fun stuff with Vargas. Um, we did, you know, we did the thing where he always pushes me or beats me up. So we brought like the helmet and that. I feel like he got a great response from the younger crowd and like the older crowd were like, that's cliche, corny, don't do that. My whole philosophy was make an impression without stepping on toes. So I'm finding that balance. Uh, I got to interview you at ISPW. Again, one take Sean Donovan. Hit me with it. Honest feedback, critiques, advice for me in that backstage role. No, I think it just, you got to get reps. Um, And I think, again, if you can think outside the box, like the segment with Vargas with the football helmet, um, you know, that's all creative stuff that people are going to understand and they're going to get. Um, you look at it, it's no different if you go back to late 90s WCW Norman Smiley, you know. Yeah, he's this amazing professional wrestler, but he's playing the part of a coward. So he's wrestling all the big guys. What's he doing? He's wearing football pads and a helmet, and you know, it, you gotta make it fun and creative. The biggest thing about pro wrestling that people don't understand is not everybody can be the ass kicker. You know, you've got to have your chicken shit heels. You've got to have the heels that tuck their tail between their legs. You also have to be, again, a performer that's not afraid to poke fun at yourself. And again, I've always, always taught in this sport, don't take yourself seriously. Take what you do in the ring seriously. And if you don't take yourself seriously, you're going to open up those creative juices to trying so many different things. It's not going to hurt your persona. It's not going to hurt your ego if you do something different and fun and quirky and poke fun at yourself. You know, those backstage things that I did with CPA, I'm poking fun. Yeah. yeah. But I'm doing something different that's creative, that's eliciting a different response from our crowd. And it got it got some good responses from people. So, hey. Maybe we'll do something like that more in the future. Yeah, it's, it's think, interesting to get everyone's opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, from 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 your point of view, I think it's just like anything. You've got to get reps, right? Yeah. It's the rule. Ever hear of the rule of 10,000? No, if no. You do, if you do something 10,000 times, you become a master at it. Right. Right. Ric Flair is a master of the figure four. He's probably put it on over 10,000 times. He's a master at it. Yeah. Um, Gene Okerlund was a master interviews. He's probably done 50,000 of those interviews and he became a master. It's just getting reps. No matter what, everybody in any facet, in any industry, the more reps you get, the better you're going to be at. So the more opportunities you have to get those reps in, take advantage and do it. And then you'll have those guys that'll be able to give you that feedback real time, like a Danny Morrison in a locker room or a Tommy Fierro or, or anybody for that matter, or a crowbar, any of those guys that have been around long enough that have been around amazing interviewers and performers are going to be able to give you that same feedback. Hey, you know what? Tommy was happy. So that's, that's all we need right there. And I, I appreciate there you saying go. that, man. Um, I did want to ask you this conversely uh, for commentary. I've been getting the reps on. We, I was doing a little bit of like, like a lot of the pun stuff and just to be different, you know, more kicks in a Rockets concert, like all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I've learned to kind of toe that line. It's a little too cute, uh, small market, as they say. So I'm really learning uh, your advice from a superstar perspective 
coming to commentary because I know you probably listen back to matches like mm, they're kind of taking it over or it's not telling the story that we want to yeah. tell your thoughts on commentary. I think there again, it's just like being a manager, right? You 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 want to be a you want to be out there and be able to contribute enough to add to the match and not take away from it. And it's the same thing on commentary. If there's too much talking going on, then it takes away from the match. And especially if the content that's being talked about is basically hijacking a match, it's not cool either. Yeah. Um, there sometimes all you need is just a little bit. You know, you can go back to. You can go back as far back as the straight-laced commentary like a Gordon Soley. Um, or you could go into that newer realm where you had the color commentary from Gorilla Monsoon or Jesse Ventura or a Bobby Heenan. Uh, any of those guys that could add flavor to a match without going too far uh, and, and too deep. So I think, again, it's just all about getting reps and, and watching it back and listening and listening to yourself and saying, you know what, I didn't need to say that there. Maybe I could have added a little more here. Maybe I could have added some additional content there and made it more flavorful. Uh, again, one of the biggest things about being a performer in any realm of our sport, whether you're a wrestler in the ring, a referee, an announcer, commentator, is being able to critique yourself um, and being able to recognize some of those pieces there. And then recognizing what you do right and recognizing what your opportunities are and, and how do you fix those opportunities and turn them into strength. Very, very well said. And I love what you had said earlier about like the rule of 10,000, man, because to me, like I've been playing drums since I was 11. So I feel that I'm very good at drums. If you ask me a question about drums, I can argue about drums like that would be my my Jedi master, if you will, with, with wrestling. Been doing the podcast for a couple of years, but the behind the curtain stuff probably just finished my rookie year. So I'm just a sponge, man. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time. You're definitely one of the minds I, I love to pick the most. I did want to ask you this one, though. Last time on the show, you said you got to pick the mind of Jake the Snake Roberts. You asked him a question. You guys ended up talking for 45 minutes. Um, do you have any more of those stories? Because I know you do get to work with a lot of those names. Or is there someone who, whose mind uh, that you really would want to want to pick? I know Terry Funk was your guy. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, I I met him once as a fan in the in the mid '90s, but never as a performer, yeah. unfortunately. Right. Um, and I I know obviously he's been battling some different health issues and here and there, but I think more recently in some of the uh, the one of the last few, not this one, I think maybe the one prior where we had Shane Douglas out with us uh, in Alaska, and again, just a sponge being able to pick his brain. Another guy that to me is in the top five in promos um, definitely in the top 10 of, to me of all time performers. So again, just being able to just pick his brain and asking simple questions and listening to him, just take, take you on a ride for 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, being able to ride in the car with him and, and ask him some different questions. Um, again, another guy, very grateful of being able to pick their, you know, pick his brain. Um had the you know pleasure of picking Kevin Sullivan's brain a little bit. I mean, that guy is a genius in our, our sport. Yeah. Um, so again, anytime I see these guys in our locker rooms, I'm always looking for knowledge, even if it's just one question, because they may not have enough time. I'm always going to ask, you know, uh, because again, we're, we're all fans, but at the same token, uh, we're all, we all should be students of the game. So wherever you can pick, up knowledge from someone that has been doing this longer than you or has been on a higher platform than you, uh, you're a fool if you don't seek that knowledge. 
Very well said, sir. And last one from me. I wanted to ask you this shameless promo for Chad. Standalone wrestling coming up. I believe you're taking on Davey Richards. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, defending your title. He has been having some great matches. Uh, obviously, we know him from MLW, other places, but having some great matches on the indies. Uh, him and Navarro had a great match over at PBW, which was amazing. Um, with um, There's so much wrestling. Uh, Vinny over at Pro Wrestling Magic. They had a great match over there. Don't count Vinny out. Um, your thoughts going into this one, shame. Uh, it's, it's the backstage interview. I mean, your oh, thoughts. Shameless plug is I uh, shameless yeah. plug for is I actually did beat Vinny and I beat him by a count out. So wow. by default, he should stop using. Don't count Vinny out because wow. I got his counted <laughs> out. So I pop for that. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, no, looking really forward. That's actually a match that I've been salivating over for a long time, and and finally getting that opportunity. I know number one, I've got to step up my cardio game before that date in May, which I'm already starting to. Um, but they're definitely looking to get in the ring and mix up styles with someone like Davey. I respect him so much, and and the uh, the battles that he's had, the work that he's put in the sport. No doubt he's going to test me in that ring, but I'm not backing down. So I'm going to I'm going to test him the best that I can. So easily, definitely one of one of the matches that I've been eagerly looking forward to over the last number of years. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. That's going to be amazing. The real winners, the fans, like we always say here on the BCP, uh, Mr. Donovan, I so appreciate your time man. so good to talk to you again, man. And uh, before we get out of here, you know, we are always about that shameless, shameless promo here on the BCP. Tell everyone yeah. where they can get the merch, follow you on socials, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, I have a Snapchat, but I haven't used it in a number of years. So nice. please don't go looking for me on there. Okay. Uh, I think my MySpace count is still active somewhere. Nice. Uh, you can definitely catch me on Facebook, just Sean Donovan. You'll see my ugly mug on there. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is Sean Donovan zero one. Uh, all my merch is under my name that I carry under PW pro wrestling tees. Uh, you can catch me with SWF with ISPW standalone wrestling, wrestle pro wrestle pro Alaska. Uh, and who knows where else I'll pop up in the future, but those are the main places you can catch me at all across the Northeast. And, uh, yeah, man, just looking forward to continuing this journey and seeing where it takes me. Love it. Very well said. And he's not, I don't think there's a TikTok coming anytime soon. No, uh, Sean Donovan dancing or anything like that. <laughs> no, I do have a TikTok, but I just use it to watch videos and to literally, you know, let my, my, uh, IQ drop a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you'll never see me put it. Well, I actually never say never, but I don't think you'll ever see me in one of those TikTok dancing videos. That's for sure. Same. Yeah. I, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. I don't, I don't think it's the way of the world though. Who knows? Uh, but Mr. Donovan, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain, uh, for taking the time. I'll see you at some matches coming up very soon and just best of luck moving forward. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Anytime, sir. And like we always say here on the BCP, everyone stay safe, stay positive, take care of each other. We are out. Peace.